This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 415 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Equestrian Collections and you, our listeners. The Stable Scoop Radio Show and the Horse Radio Network began August 8, 2008, which means that, yes, today is their birthday. I am Auditor Rachel Rosenthal, a longtime listener, and I am here to turn the tables on Helena and Glenn. Today, the listeners take over, and I interview them. Plus, we hear from many of our listeners and auditors. Suzanne Apsbury does the Horselovers.com product of the week on the Noble Outfitters Signature Breach. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. Horse Radio Network. I just wanted to say that I'm a new listener and I love you guys. It's so much fun to listen to you and um, I've been trying to listen to every show. I haven't gotten to all of them yet, but I love you guys and I am so happy that you've been recording for nine years. So I just wanted to say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Horse Radio Network. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Horse Radio Network. Uh, this is Jamie Jennings, and I'm in the most beautiful place on the planet with one of the coolest people on the planet. That's right. I'm here with Monty Roberts. Hi there. Happy eighth birthday. Um, I listen often, and I appreciate what you do so much. Um, Horse Radio, it's the greatest. And I'm also here with uh, somebody you might recognize here, Debbie. Happy birthday, Glenn, Jen, and all the team at the Horse Radio Network. Eight years old. So cool. Happy birthday. This is Elizabeth from Fair Oaks Ranch, Texas, calling to wish you all a very happy eighth anniversary. No matter how tedious the laundry is or the driving is or whatever it is that I have to do, I know I can always count on you all to teach me something and make me laugh and smile and brighten my day and lighten my load. I really appreciate everything you do, and I hope you're around for many years to come. Happy birthday, y'all. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy Woohoo! Happy birthday, Helena. Thanks, Glenn. Happy birthday to you, too. <laughs> we got a happy birthday from the happy big man himself birthday. right there. <laughs> I know. I got a little choked up when he came on. <laughs> <laughs> and he does listen to the shows. So he uh, listens to them when he travels, so that's kind of cool. Well, happy birthday. I think everybody by this time, if they don't know who we are, then you're a brand new listener. I'm Glenn the Geek, and she's Helena B., my first co-host on the first episode in 2008. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. And that was, or that is, our flagship show. Stable Scoop was here. We're the big sister. That's right. Horses in the morning is the baby. <laughs> Horses right. in the morning gets all the and attention. And everybody else. Every, <laughs> eventing, dressage, they're all just children. Stable Scoop is the firstborn. We're the big mama of them all. That's right. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> it, it's been a lot of fun. And today, we're, we're, we have something special going on today because it is our year as a listener. So we thought, what better than to have a listener co-host and turn the tables and ask us questions today. And we have one of the most active auditors that we have at the Horse Radio Network, Rachel Rosenthal from Las Vegas. Hey, Rachel. Woo-hoo. Hi. How are you guys? Good. So exciting. It is exciting. Uh, you know, this doesn't happen too often in the podcasting world that somebody makes it this long. So it's a special deal. Yeah, and I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I, I really am. Like, it's, it's, you think it's you're nervous? Thing, you should talk to Rachel. <laughs> it's one thing to be the, the interviewer and to have to, you know, read a script or go over a show together. But it's very, very different when suddenly you're in the hot seat and someone's going to start asking you questions. It's just... It is different. I, my I mouth doesn't want to work. Too. My brain's like, ah, ah, you can't do this. You no, know why I was really nervous is Rachel got these questions from the listeners. <laughs> I know. We're toast, man. We're toast. <laughs> I'm really expecting like what colors are underwear. You know, that's, <laughs> that's easy stuff. Just don't ask me any philosophical questions because I could go on. This will be like a five hour long show. Let so me technically, re- I did want to know what your favorite color of your underwear was. Like, you know, if you had a favorite color of underwear, you know, we don't care what it actually is. We want to know how you feel, how you think. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Well, um, no pressure. let me review some numbers here before Rachel starts torturing us. Uh, some numbers from the Horse Radio Network. We did start, uh, as Rachel said, August 8, 2008. And this show is coming out August 8, 2016. We're starting into our ninth year this year. And I got to tell you, I don't think Helena and I really thought it would go this long. I think it, I thought it would go a couple of years. I didn't know what it would happen. I don't know that we thought, you know what? I give us too much credit. We really didn't think about it at all. We just did shows. You know what? I thought that, here's what, okay, here's what I thought. See, I told you not to ask me any questions because it would turn into a five hour show. I, I think that, uh, I we would have a. Cu- I thought we would have a couple of shows, and that one show would would grow and blossom, reach its peak, and then fade away. And then another show would come up, blossom, reach its peak, and fade away. And that would sort of be a cycle. You know, we have these topics, we talk about them, we talk them out, and then something new would come up. I didn't really expect the full breadth of what you could talk about in the horse world to to blossom and stay in bloom. As long as it has. Do you know what? Last month, or last quarter, I haven't even talked to you about this. Last quarter, seven of the 10 shows hit records for downloads and listeners. Wow. So it hasn't blossomed yet. (laughs) We're still growing. We're still in the budding phase? Yep, we're still in the budding phase. I keep saying that podcasting is just out of diapers and now at that terrible twos and horrible threes Just out of diapers. We're in pull-ups. That's right. That's right. We've just been potty trained. (laughs) 4,900 episodes we've done. We're passing that this week, 4,900 episodes on the Horse uh, Radio Network. Um, Over 6,200 guests. Uh, millions of downloads. I lost track of downloads a long time ago. I'm, we, you know, I didn't keep very good records in the beginning because I didn't expect it to be a thing. I just, we were just doing shows, so I had to go back and kind of put all that together. I've estimated that we've given over thirty thousand dollars in prizes away over the years, and you know what? We are truly, and Helena will vouch for this because we're in all the podcaster forums. We're looked up to by podcasters all over the world as the example of 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 somebody who's succeeding doing it. And uh, would you say that you've, you've seen that? Me? Yes, like in the podcasting forums and on the shows and everything, the other podcasting shows about podcasting? Yes. <laughs> it's true. Trying to, keep, 
trying to keep my answers brief. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of great sponsors. We've, you know, we have a ton of great sponsors, and we've had a ton of terrific sponsors over the years, and we keep getting new ones, and we certainly appreciate all of those. And of course, like Rachel, our thousands of listeners in 92 different countries. Last month I checked. It takes a long time to count to 92 countries, by the way. Um, so yeah, it just keeps growing, and, and we keep getting bigger, and thanks to our auditors who, who see fit to spend a little money every month to be an auditor of the Horse Radio Network. And thanks to you, Rachel. You're here representing all the listeners today. No problem. I think success, I think we define success a little bit differently. Yes, numbers and growth is one way to define success. But I think that Horse Radio Network has a slightly different different definition of success. And I think it is the connection that we have with the horse community. So no matter how big we get or who our sponsors are, that as long as we maintain the connection um, among ourselves, you know, and, and that our community does grow through that connection, to me, that's the greatest definition of success in what we do. Well, let's ask a listener what she thinks the definition of success for the Horse <laughs> Radio Network is. Rachel, you have any thoughts? Well, I, I do. I, I think part of the, the success is you're giving a singular voice to a large group of people that didn't, I don't know, necessarily had one before because it was so fragmented. You have so many different facets of the horse world and they don't always talk to each other. Not, not because there's, you know, strife or whatever, but just because you don't talk to each other that much. And you guys have managed to pull it all together and make it into one sort of unified thing. And people are pretty excited about that. You know, it's like when you go into Walmart, and you're behind someone in your line and you're like, oh, that's a horse person. They're my people. And then you, you just instantly kind of become friends with that person. Like, I, I see you buying mineral oil and Epsom salts. What's up? You know, and then you're besties. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's kind of, that's, I think that's kind of what it is. And that's what makes it so exciting and, and kind you know, pretty important. Like, you know, between the horse vet talks, the fact that Haggard's is now in there as well, the horse.com, like there's so many learning experiences. I mean, honestly, I came into this not knowing a darn thing about Bashka Curly horses, and you guys had a fantastic interview, and I walked out knowing way more than I ever thought even existed. So it's just a really exciting thing that you're doing. That's That's success, you know? We can just drop the mic and leave now because yeah, we can. I, I'll tell you why is the, that goes back to the and you helped me write this, Alina. The mission statement for the Horse Radio Network is one sentence: uniting the horse world, one show at a time. Right there is just what she said. So we've done our job with your yep. answer there, Rachel. I feel <laughs> I, have goose, I have goosebumps. We've done our job. That's been our goal for Sorry, nine years. Sorry, guys, I've ended the horse. That's Radio it. Network. We're done. <laughs> Time for a new mission. <laughs> but that remember oh, us discussing that? I do. Yeah. How fragmented the horse world was. And, and, you know, like Rachel says, it's not fragmented because of strife. It's fragmented because a lot of us speak a different language. And, you know, our disciplines tend to be so hyper-focused that we develop our own languages within them. And, and, and you and get you, into your comfort zone in what your little world is. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And this, so we, we're also, we also serve as a mind opener, which I think is a fantastic thing. We've certainly learned a lot along the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I remember when Shauna Koresh first started coming on the show and I'd be thinking, what is this woman doing? 
you know, with the clicker training and that sort of thing, because I'd never heard of anything like that. And now it's like almost become a common vernacular, like because now you see Jen using it on scooter, you see this, you know, and it's just it's just how it's blossoming, you know. And that's that's pretty awesome. It was Shauna Koresh, right? Yep, that's correct. Yep, yeah. <laughs> look at you. You have good okay. memory. Yeah. And and you know, just... and then there's companies that haven't appreciated the success we brought them, like Perky Jerky. We brought that company to the map. We made them the international success they are. And what did Helena get out of it? One case of perky jerky all those years ago. It was a good case. (laughs) Which she opened on air, I think, if I remember. Yes, we've eaten a lot of food on the air. (laughs) Thank God for Stable Scoop because, like, huge chunks of my life would have been lost forever to the sieve that is my memory. So I can go back through Stable Scoop episodes and relive my life, basically. Oh, you could, especially in that period a couple of years ago. Oh, God, please. <laughs> you were pretty honest about all of that. I think that's yeah. another thing that makes it work is we're, we're really just telling you what it is. It's just nothing. Well, there's very few people I trust beside horse people. Well, that's a good point. Well, too. I mean, we've all it's like when Helena had her horse search. We've all been there, you know, and that's what makes it. It's just so honest. You know, when Jamie gets stuck in L.A. having to run diesel across the street rush hour traffic like we've all been that person it's not some magical i know everything and this is what you need to do really the every man of the horse world and that's and you know, that's what keeps people coming back i think the honesty and the this is what reality is with horses it's not unicorns and rainbows it's yeah running out of diesel in la you know yeah if you if you're coming here for the perfect hosts who have never screwed up then <laughs> you need to find another show <laughs> I go back and listen to some episodes and I'm like, how can you guys stand me? I can't stand myself. What the heck am I talking about this week? All right. We better continue on with the show. We're going to run out of time. So we're going to talk uh, to our friends at Equestrian Collections and we're going to hear from them here. They have something special going on this month. And I have to thank them right now because Equestrian Collections, who's now also tied in with Horse Lovers, is uh, one of our first, was, was our second sponsor. We had Kentucky Performance Products and then Equestrian Collections. So they have been with us for, for eight, well, for almost seven and a half of those years. And, you know, that just goes to show you that what kind of company they are. They took a chance on us in the beginning and it's worked out at the end, but they certainly did take a chance. And Chris and the gang over there, uh, thank you so much for your support all of these years at equestriancollections.com. Hey guys, it's time to win some cool stuff. Go to equestriancollections.com slash sweepstakes for your chance to win a complete Noble Outfitters riding outfit worth over $250. It includes some amazing Noble Outfitters products, including their Balance Riding Tights, which we will review later on in the show. Plus, the prize includes Noble Outfitters V-neck, the Running Strong Belt, Equicentral Tote, Stirrup Wrap Bracelet, Over the Calf Patties, and Noble Outfitters Stay Cool Muds. Sign up by August 31st at equestriancollections.com slash sweepstakes for your chance to win and listen later in the show for the review of the Noble Outfitters Balance Riding Tights. Happy anniversary! Happy birthday to everyone at the Horse Radio Network from the entire Kremitzos family. 
Oh, <laughs> Chris, Katie, and Sedona. <laughs> and to Glenn, Jennifer, Helena, Jamie, you guys are awesome. You all do such a great job. And to Ellen, our favorite listener, you're amazing. Thank you for your support. And uh, Jamie, happy horse sheathing. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. This is Katie Kelly calling to wish a very happy birthday to the Horse Radio Network. Congratulations on eight wonderful years. I can't wait to see what you guys will do next. Hey, Glenn and Helena. This is Gemma Coons and Art calling to wish Stable Scoop and the Horse Radio Network a very happy birthday because studies show that people and podcasts that have more birthdays tend to live longer than those that don't. So here's to many more years of happy scoop. <laughs> That's wow, why we do that what we do. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny, but it was. Rachel, your turn. You're Hi. up. I don't know if I can top that, that, <laughs> that voicemail back. Uh, but I'll try. I'll try. Okay. So I went around and I asked the auditors if they had any questions for you guys. Since you've been the year of the listener, you've been asking them all kinds of stuff. And uh, unsurprisingly, they did. So let's see if we can get into some of these. Um. Our first one comes from Auditor Janelle Wood-Rhodes and is something that we've, of course, all wondered. Who was your favorite horse that you've ever owned? Your once-in-a-lifetime horse and why? Ladies first. Oh, boy. Um, okay, I have to say my current horse, Brody. It's a tie between Brody and Zeke. Uh, Zeke, my chestnut quarter horse, who taught me how to hunt, was like putting on a very old and comfortable pair of pajamas. I just, I sat in that saddle and I knew it was what I was going to get every time. But Zeke was, was challenging because you couldn't ride him alone. He, he, would, he would have a hissy fit and turn into all kinds of horse drama. And, and that, that became challenging for me in, in ways that was exhausting at times. Brody is happy to go out by himself, you know. Okay, granted, a white rock can be scary, and it can launch us into the next county, but that's really kind of, you know what, you know it's coming before it, it gets to you. Uh, but Brody has, is so versatile, and he's so comfortable, and he's so not what I expected him to be. And I had to really grow into my relationship with him. And because of that, he's my once-in-a-lifetime horse. He's my friend, he's my riding partner, and he's my teacher. And I'm grateful for that. That's so Even cool. though you can't kiss his nose. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who have not seen a picture of Brody, he is the cutest athlete. He has an adorable speckly nose. Just saying. He does, and cute. a nice big round butt. <laughs> Apparently I'm an ass girl. Apparently. <laughs> this is easy for me. It's uh my first uh pony, Piper, that we bought for ninety dollars at the New Holland sales stables and saved Piper's little butt from going to the slaughterhouse. And uh that pony just taught me how to drive. That was the first horse I ever had. My first I, I you know, Jennifer had been in horses. I was a horse husband. I figured I'm cleaning all these stalls. I might as well clean one of my own pony stalls. And I was too scared to get a horse. So Jennifer thought, just like a little kid, that I'd be better off with a pony to start. 
And so she convinced me to get a pony. And that pony just, oh, I can't tell you how many miles we drove that pony on uh, carriage drives with groups and in cities and amusement parks. And that pony just never made one wrong step. It would do anything you said. And it really did teach me how to drive and taught Jennifer how to drive, too. She didn't know how to drive before we got that pony. It was an Amish-trained pony. And what we found out is it it had been used before the Amish got it for little kids to drive. Um, It had been used in county races as a racing pony. So that pony pulled, never used the traces. I wouldn't have had to put the traces on. That pony pulled the cart with the reins. And your arms were tired when you were done. But, boy, never made a wrong step. I mean, we were literally in the center city, Philadelphia, and in the middle of a running amusement park, uh, driving that pony through there in a carriage drive. So, yeah, always be. Piper, I'll never have one like that again. Was that the one when you talk about where you would go out with a group of people and they were all riding and you were driving? Is yes. That the, the yeah, we used to race. About? How cool. Yeah, we used to race. <laughs> I'd race them. <laughs> and uh, you know what? That little pony would keep up with the horses at a gallop. Uh, just was uh, the coolest little pony. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Lived to 45. Wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Had a stroke at like 44 or something. Yeah. Jeez. All right. There wow. you go. All right. Um, the next one is a question from Nikki Lambert, but then I had to add my little spin on it because she wanted to know if you could ride or drive any horse in the world, who would it be? And I thought I'd throw in there from any time period. So it can, it can basically be any horse period. Who would it be? Ooh. Um, geez. This is hard, isn't it, Lena? <laughs> yeah. Who the hell want to be a guest on our show? This is hard on sitting on this side. Famous horses. <gasps> I would want to ride. I would want to go on very long, quiet hacks in the warm sunshine on Black Beauty. Bareback. Romantic. Bareback. <laughs> Somewhere at Flags Up Farms, Jamie is going, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just bag of carrots, maybe in my backpack or something, you know. God, yep. Mine's going to be exactly could- opposite of that. Everything she just pictured, <laughs> the quiet and the beauty. I would want to be the driver of a chariot in the Roman Coliseum. <laughs> He's such a boy. <laughs> I've been her. I always. I've seen Ben her a thousand times. Now there's a new one came out. Um, but yeah, I've. Yeah, that's. I'm not saying I wouldn't die. I probably would. But boy, would that be fun? <laughs> Just saying. He'd die at. I, I saw the trailer for that. It looks pretty. Looks pretty cool. It does. Cherry racing. It does. Awesome. I can't believe they remade it. Yep. The old one was such a classic. <laughs> and the Magnificent Seven too. I saw. Yes. More right. horses. All right. So very cool. And for the record, I'd be I'd be hanging with you on Mary Legs if it if it helps, Selena. I'd be there on the fat white pony. Okay, Heck cool. Yeah. Cool. Represent. <laughs> Heck yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> All right. So next we have one from uh Janelle again, and it is Glenn, what brought you to podcasting? Uh I we we told this story before. Helena and I started one, or I started one with John Nunn at Bit of Britain, and then Helena, we got you involved early on in that. 
Um, and that lasted, what, maybe 20, 25 episodes. That yeah. was in the very early days before none of us knew what we were doing. I don't even think iTunes was around then. No, it wasn't. No. It was the Talking Equine Show. Yeah, and we just had it on the Bit of Britain webpage. That's all, it, because there was no place else to put it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, and that went... Did we even call it a podcast? I it wasn't, they weren't even called podcasts no, back I think then. we were calling it a radio show or something. What was the name of it again? Talking Equine. The Talking Equine Show. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we did that for a little while, and then when I left Bit of Britain, I got out of podcasting altogether, did some consulting for other places, went to work for my brother, and a couple of years later, right? Um, yeah. Went to work for my brother, and then uh, we were selling his company, that was the idea, and he said, well, you got to do something now, and I thought, well, what am I going to do now? So, he said, well, there's this podcasting thing, a guy named Leo Laporte does the Twit Network, This Week in Tech. And you should listen to him and see how he does that and figure it out and, and do your own. And I thought, well, what could I talk about? I really don't, I'm not passionate about anything in particular, except for this horse thing. I could talk about that. But then the dilemma I had, and this is where I called Helena, and we actually discussed this, is I said, Helena, I wanna, we want to do another one of those podcast things, but I'm not credible. I'm just a horse husband. That was, remember us having that discussion? You were yep. credible. I was not credible. And yep. it was like, how am I going to lead a network of horse shows when I'm just a horse husband? I hate riding. I like driving, but I don't like riding. And we, we had that discussion. And uh, we just kind of decided, it was your idea, I think, that said, well, just play it that way. Play it as a horse husband. Uh, don't say you're anything you're not. And people will appreciate the fact that you're not claiming to be anything you're not. Yeah, because that never lasts very long. It doesn't go over well and it doesn't last long. Right. And it's hard to mm -hmm. do. <laughs> Successful. Yeah. I mean, you can't do it successfully. I remember asking you, like, well, won't Jen do it? And you were like, no, no way. No way in <laughs> Jen won't work with me. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, maybe I shouldn't be saying yes. <laughs> if the guy's wife doesn't want to do it, what makes me well, think Well, she had a full time gonna... job then, too, though. She did. Yeah. So, she, she did. like, 100 hours a week. So, yeah. So that's how it ended up. And we met uh, Helena because she used to work with Jennifer at the Myopia Hunt Club. And they worked together for several years, and uh, that's how we got to be good friends with her and the family, and that's how we met. Yeah, Coach Jen really turned me into the horse person that I, I still aspire to be. I am not <laughs> sure. I would say I arrived. But. I'm not sure I would have done this had it been not for Helena saying, then just play a horse husband. And that's mm -hmm. where the whole America's horse husband and the whole thing came from. Yeah, it's true. Well, I guess that leads into the into the next question, which was mine, and it was something that I had been super curious about, which was who was harder to convince to join you in this podcasting madness, Helena or Jen? That's easy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. definitely Jen. <laughs> Jen. <laughs> so it sounds like Helena was like, yes, this and sounds like fun. And the Let's only do it. reason Jennifer's even involved in it today is she got laid off from her job in the recession time. And she got laid off from her job, needed something to do. And I needed help at that point because we had grown to four or five shows. And she said, well, I might as well help you. That way we don't have to hire somebody. And that's it. And she came in <laughs> kicking and screaming. She really did. I, I can totally attest to that. Jen came in kicking and screaming. I was like, yeah, okay. I get a chance to talk. No problem. I don't care if no one's listening. Just give me a microphone and I'll talk. And Jennifer was like, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> She does not like being in the spotlight. She's yeah. good at it, and she's actually really good on the shows and hosting and stuff, but she does not like it. Uh, 
Well, I think that's what makes it work is there's such a huge mix of personalities that it just all kind of gels together. I mean, it's because it it does work. It works really well. It's, you know, you you guys, the two of you are highly entertaining for sure. So I think it, I think it definitely works. (sighs) Very cool. All right. And now we've got to get into the, this is how you know it's horse people asking. It's not like people pretending to be horse people asking because the next question comes from Lindsay Roush who wants to know, let's hear about the first time you fell off. And I'll throw in my addendum to that, the most exciting fall you've had. Oh, God. Helena, do you, we don't have an hour for Helena's. We <laughs> Shut or, up, or you can also throw in there the most exciting non-falls you've had, like where you thought you were going to go. And then yeah, you again, it and this there, is not know. a nine-hour show. <laughs> Look, I'll um, save you some time, Helena. I've never fallen off or come out of the cart, so it's your turn. I've, I've told you, and you just said it out loud. So therefore, wear a helmet, an extra vest, and an air bubble around yourself next time you go. Okay. The first time I came off, jeez, uh, you know what? I never do anything half-hearted. The first time I came off um, was it was in the middle of December. It was freezing. It was a frigid December in New England, and I was riding at a hunter-jumper show barn on a seven-year-old black thoroughbred mare named Cat Blue. And there was a woman in the ring with us. She she was not part of uh, the lesson program. She wasn't a boarder. She actually owned her own horse. She lived on an adjoining property and had asked the barn owner if she could use the ring. Uh, well, I was too green of a rider to handle what, what took place. And essentially, this woman who came in um, wasn't really used to riding in groups. And her horse got out of control. And this domino effect of spooking and freaking out happened and I was sort of last in line you know and I'm sitting on this mare like oh this is about to happen and then you watch it happen as if it's in slow motion that horse is going to ride up on the butt of the horse in front of it that horse is going to kick out the rider's going to slip freak that horse out that one's going to hit the wall you know and so you can actually see what's going to happen and I'm just sitting there on this mare like maybe things will calm down by the time it gets to me but it didn't and (laughs) Nope. <laughs> my mare had a very, very fast and very violent meltdown, and off I came. So I hit the ground and um, was very clearly shaken up. I had the wind knocked out of me, and my hand was kind of, I don't know, dead in the water. Uh, but I got back on, and I, I finished the lesson. It was challenging to hold my right rein, but I did so. And, you know, I went to the emergency room, had the wrist checked out, but and they said it was fine, it was, you know, bad sprain. About six weeks later, when I still couldn't hold a cup of coffee, I decided to go back and see an orthopedist. And that was when I learned I needed to have my first ever surgery. And they, they, oh, had, to, man. they had to scrape out, clean up, and screw back together most of the bones in my wrist at that point. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. After yeah, that, that's, that's tough. Yeah. So then I found a, a, a centered riding instructor and we went back in the lunge line and I did no stirrups work for about eight months after that. 
And then if you want her to, li- we'll do an addendum to the show for her to list all the other times and, and broken bones. We can do that. Uh, uh, it sure a, as heck didn't stop me from riding. That's a separate I was, episode. <laughs> I was literally like three days post-surgery looking for a new barn to ride at and, and being like, okay, this is what's going to happen. I really won't be able to use reins for a while. And that's when they were like, well, we'll just put you on the lunge line and take your stirrups away. And I was like, fine, let's do it. If her and Jennifer did a me. show on the broken parts, it really would be an hour. Between the two of them. <laughs> really would. All right. Did you, was that your mare? Did you keep her or, or did you? She was not mine. She was, was actually, she was subbing in as a lesson horse. She was not a lesson horse. Um, but apparently I was far enough along in my capabilities at that point for them to put me on one of their show horses in a lesson. Um, so she was owned by the barn and she's a great, she was a great horse. And honestly, she had every reason to, do what she did. You know, I mean, this happens in horses. I just didn't have the seat at that time or the reaction skill set to to stick with her. Right. You know, today, if she did something like that, I'd just grab a chunk of mane and, and ride it out. But uh, no, sadly, I, I did not get to ride her after that. Um, this is one of mine. And my question, I've been curious about this for a while now, is you've done so many interviews over the years. Who was your favorite? Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it is kind of like asking who's your favorite kid. Um, <laughs> we've done. Was there was there one that just really stuck out to you? I liked the Charlie Daniels one for that we did for Radiothon last year. I think just because it was Charlie Daniels, um, and he was so honest and so open and just. You know, just he wasn't acting like it was a pain in the ass. Another interview he wanted, he had to do, that he was required to do. He he really, and you heard it. I mean, he was truly like I. You know, I love talking about my horses and Christmas, and <laughs> that's so. You know, that one does stand out. But, but we've interviewed some of the top people in the horse world, most of the top people in the horse world, and. Boy, it's just hard. I think there's little favorite things and least favorite things we have about every one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, this we year had, with the listeners has been some of my favorites. I really like getting to know our, our listeners. Um, I think my favorite, though, was very early on. It was episode 10 uh, when we had Gina Miles on. Mm. She was one of our first ah. big time. And I, the thing I liked the best about it, not that she was famous that she had just won the silver medal, but I really liked um, getting to know the woman who rode McKinley and that she was a petite but athletic woman who was riding a very big horse. I think he was like 17-1 or something. And I remember her being very frank about what it would take for her to get to uh, where she was athletically with with McKinley and that um, sometimes you have to rely on some other people for help. You know, she she was very reliant and dependent, not dependent in a bad way, but she really used her help in order to get um, her partnership with McKinley to where they were. So I really appreciated that. And, you know, if if we said, uh, you know, and we changed it up a little bit and said, what was our favorite times together? Because Selena and I have had the opportunity to do many shows together. You know, we've had some fun Adas. <laughs> oh, absolutely, hands down, Ada. Ada, Ada, We've been Ada, to Ada, Rolex Ada. together, and, uh, you know, Rolex is fun and everything, but we truly just, I think Rolex, you're, you're running around, and there's so much going on. At Ada, we just get to be ourselves and go out and have fun and geek out over products, with, with, a, with who have become a lot of our friends now over the years there. 
And you have good conversations with these people because a lot of the people who are at that trade show are creating products to solve problems in the horse world. And, you know, one of the things that Jennifer and I used to love to talk about in the feed room in those early mornings at Myopia was what what problems were we facing? What challenges? And what could we do to solve those problems? And Ada is a lot like that. So the conversation never ends. You really engage with other with your fellow horse people. Yeah, totally agree. Was it was it Helena that you guys put the air vest on and set it off? The first time, I think, wasn't it? No, Helena? that was Jamie. Was it Jamie? Yep, oh, was I was Jamie. there. But Jamie you never wore did the, vest. the air vest. I didn't wear it. No, uh, we're gonna have to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just remember, I think it was a staple scoop episode, and I just remember that was highly enjoyable as a listener. Pop. So. No, <laughs> Helena and I mostly, uh, we mostly we do food. We eat a lot on shows. <laughs> <laughs> Although the other, I think my other favorite Ada moment is Glenn wearing the breeches. I'm sorry, Glenn. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, try sitting next to him when you had those yeah, things on. He's like, awful. that was pretty awful. I feel good. <laughs> Oh, because all the ladies would come by and be like, look at you and your breeches. And, you know, at first he was a little uncomfortable and awkward, but then, you know, his ego started to puff up a little bit. <laughs> and I did not look good in breeches. Jennifer and I were like, oh, my God, what just happened? Is he going to be wearing these all over the place now? We're going to get home. He's going to live in his breeches. Yep. But yep. no, as a listener, those are, those are fun shows. The Ada shows are always some of my favorites to listen to as well. Uh, let's see um what oh here we go we're gonna force you guys to metacognate we're gonna force you to think deeply here what have you learned about yourselves since starting the shows and that is from auditor hillary bornman wait a minute i'm still looking up metacognate (laughs) (laughs) i'm going to ask you to think about thinking about yourself oh good okay (laughs) oh this is a tough one um Helena, you want me to go first? <laughs> if you have something ready, otherwise yeah. I have... Uh, you know what I would say, and I, I, I think I've thought about this a lot recently, actually, is I've learned that I'm not good as a solo act, that I really need, I really need intelligent, smart, witty, fun co-hosts to play off of. You know, there are some radio guys that can do the show by themselves. I just read that, you know, whether you like him or not, Rush Limbaugh has been number one for like 25 years. And he does a whole show. I could never do that. You know, I, again, whether you like him or not, I'm just talking about it from the business standpoint. I can never do it. I just can't do that. I need that smart, intelligent, witty person to play off of or I can't do it. And I think that's one of the things I learned about myself doing the shows over the years. Hmm. And I'd say that I've come to embrace myself as one of those smart, witty people. <laughs> I, I have, I tend to be very hard on myself. You know, um, sometimes the way I come across on this show is very different than how I feel about myself. Um, and I am just, it's never good enough. And, you know, we all have these different reasons as to why we feel about ourselves the way we feel about ourselves. And so I tend to be my harshest critic. And then going back and listening to some of these episodes, and I, I remember listening to the first few shows going, oh my God, really? Did But as the show evolved and I became a little bit more comfortable talking about the things I love, I started to realize that I'm really not that bad. And then we started to get feedback from listeners who appreciated, you know, whatever thing I was talking about in any given week. 
And so that feeling of, yeah, you know, Helene, you really aren't that bad. Keep at it. Keep doing it. So I think a small amount of appreciation for what I might be able to share with my fellow horse people is something that I've, I've gained from doing this show. And you have chilled out so much over the years. <laughs> you are pretty uptight. I'd get emails. This is a little state secret. I would get emails, what about once a quarter saying, I quit. I can't do this anymore. And I'd have to call <laughs> Helena and talk her off the ledge and say, well, just do a couple more shows. And then about six months later, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't get those as often anymore. You don't get them at all anymore. No, that's true. <laughs> you don't get them at all anymore. But it's true. You have chilled out a lot. Uh, it could be yeah. just we're getting older and we just don't care as much anymore. I don't know. Dude, <laughs> I've jumped off the chill out cliff. <laughs> yeah. Into some ice cold waters. I have. Well, it, it's, you know, and again, it goes back to being able to embrace what you can do and say, I, like for you, Glenn, you realized what you, you can't do by yourself. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was realizing what I can do by myself. And that helped me release a lot of the dependencies on other people and things that were not healthy for me. Well, and two, for both of us, we've had some tough times over the last eight years. And doing the show together has been, for, some, for, for us, a lot of weeks was the highlight of our week. Uh, and you know, save me. You know, you and you and I would go, yeah, and we always seem to be at opposite weeks when we're having bad weeks, which <laughs> was good. <laughs> so, but Helena would come bad. in during the divorce time and everything. You had some pretty tough weeks, and you would come in, and I, you just, you would say at the beginning, "I don't feel like doing this show," and by the end of the show, you were saying, "I needed that this week." So, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, I would get on, and and you'd start taping, it and I would be miserable and grumpy, and I hated everybody. And I would be like, Glenn, I hate this. I hate you. I hate everybody. And blah, 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 blah. And then and I would just tell her, would you shut up and just do the show? He would. That's what he would say. And then I would be like, I love you. I love everybody. I feel so much better. And I really could never explain it. Um, I I just, it's just one of those things you have to give up and say it's sort of, I don't know, esoteric. Rachel, if you had a dollar for every time I told Helena to shut up and do the show, you'd be a rich woman. You would. You win. Well, apparently it worked. So yeah, we're still yeah. here. Yeah, good job. We haven't good killed job. each good other, job. so we're still here. Although it is like having twenty <laughs> wives. I got to tell you, doing these shows, uh, it is kind of like that. Just whatever you do, don't start a self help podcast, okay, Glenn? <laughs> hey, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to move on with the show. Let's listen to a little bit. We're gonna uh, listen to a little bit more of what the listeners had to say. We'll do our product, and then we'll end the show with the rapid fire questions. We got our product review coming up after this. It's your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Hi, this is Karen, your crazy co-host that likes to ride horses for 24 hours at a time or at least 23 hours at a time. And I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday or happy anniversary. Number eight, that's pretty cool. Good job. And I look forward to the next show. I got a lot of good stories to tell you. Hey, happy 8th birthday, Horse Radio Network and the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Thanks for making us all feel like part of family in the auditor group. Cheers. Wow, congratulations, Horse Radio Network on 80 years. Oops, <laughs> I think that's 8 years. Seems like 80 years because we can't imagine life without you. Congratulations and many more from Father Mac 
and Ruth McCormick. <laughs> 80 years. Does, yeah, there are sometimes it seems like that. Let's do this. Let's take a break for Tack and Habit. Up next, my favorite segment of my favorite show. It's Tack and Habit, sponsored by horselovers.com. And we have auditor Susanna Asbury, and she's going to tell us what she thinks about Noble Outfitters' signature breach. Welcome, Susanna. Hello. So you had a chance to pot, to try some breaches. Um, what made you love or hate these the most? Um, Nothing like going right yeah, for just it. Just go right for it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works for me. Uh, my favorite thing about the breaches is they are, they're not like your typical breaches. They are very stretchy. They're not, they remind me more of the riding tights than actual breaches because they're not stiff, but yet they do still have a zipper and a button and all that. Um, so you but that's them. one of my favorite things about them. Yeah, I definitely love them. Um, the other good thing is they're very breathable. So I tested them out in some 90 plus degree days here in Illinois and high humidities. And I was much cooler in de- in, than in jeans, definitely. <laughs> what do you usually wear when you ride? Um, I usually wear riding tights, um, just because my price range, but, um, these breaches actually would be sort of kind of in my price range um if i was getting them i think they retail for i think it was 130 i think something like that so not super high up there but you do you do ride in a breech i mean even though the riding tights you you ride in a breech for yeah. say jeans with half chaps or or something yeah else. sometimes i wear jeans and half chaps but usually like especially in the summertime it's riding tights yeah i'm the same way now um one of the things that i i tend to get a little persnickety about is is front zip and the front closures, it, it, it gets a little bit bulky. How do you feel about the waistband and the front zip? Yeah, it's not too bulky at all. Um, the zipper is really smooth, really flat. Um, and the front closure is really good. It has the little button that goes across and then the, I don't know what they're called, the clasp the like sink in and grab. Also, um, kind of like dress pants do. I don't know if all breeches are like that, but I like yeah. that. It's like a hook and eye get, There is a name for yes, it. I yes, don't know yes. what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't get, it doesn't get bunched up at all. And it oh, doesn't it's called, hurt. Like, it's called I don't ever tuck bar. in my shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never tuck in my shirt and it definitely didn't pinch me or anything like that. So. Okay. Cool. And I'm seeing here they come in one color, traditional tan. Uh, yep. You can get from size 24 to 34. Now, one of the questions that we always get about breeches, and, and we discuss a lot, is that a, a lot of breeches, some breeches, are made for really skinny model types. Um, <laughs> and they don't fit if you're not a really skinny model type, right? So yeah. did you find these that they were comfortable? Oh, yes. They were totally comfortable. I'm definitely okay. not really a skinny model type. And um I probably, honestly, with these breeches, you could go a size lower than you usually go because they are so stretchy. Okay. Um, but yeah, they were very comfortable, not too tight at all. What about the um, ankle closures or the, you know, the down by the lower calf, which I don't know, very um, few breech companies get right, in my opinion. 
I they're good because they're kind of like that mesh netting almost material, so it's not super bulky in your boot. But the one thing I will say is I'm I'm short, and that's probably the reason why it's kind of funky. Um, is they're almost too big around the calf um, and lower calf. It's more baggy down there than anything, which is weird. But it could be because I'm I'm four eleven and three quarters, so. <laughs> And nobody ever gets that right when they're fitting people of our size. Yes, yes. We finally have a guest on the show that's shorter than Helena. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> it's taken eight years, but we, we've I'm accomplished sure, Suzanne, I'm sure Suzanne appreciates that <laughs> highlight, too. Oh, I don't mind. Suzanne has heard it before, I'm sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, and you ride probably an 18-hand horse, right? <laughs> No, I just measured him, and I think he was just shy of 15 hands. That's perfect for you. Good. Yes. Because Good. So, so many times you see these, you see somebody 4'11 riding an 18-hand horse, and it's like, whoa. Oh, I know. I, I can't stand that. I couldn't get up there. <laughs> <laughs> Step ladder. <laughs> All right. You can find Noble Outfitters Signature Breach uh, front zip at horselovers.com. Just search for Noble Outfitters Breach, and it'll come up. It is $140, a markdown from 159 so they always have terrific prices at horselovers.com. But that's how you find it. We'll put a link in our show notes and also on our Facebook page. Thank you, Susanna, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Now, you have not done Listener of the Week yet, so we got to get you in on that before the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. And happy birthday to the Horse Radio Network. Thank you, Susanna. How long have you been listening? Um, probably about three years now. See you, Susanna. Thanks, Thank you. Susanna. Have a great <laughs> You're weekend. welcome. The Muppets. Got to have the Muppets. Oh, my God. That's painful. Hello, Horse Radio Network, and happy eighth birthday. So very exciting. This is Christy Landwehr, and I am a host on the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning for the Certified Horsemanship Association Training Tuesday show. So excited about the eight years that Horse Radio Network has been podcasting. It is wonderful, educational, fun, and upbeat, and I hope you continue on for eight more years and then some. Thanks very much. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. This is Janelle from Pensacola. I'm wishing a happy eighth birthday to Sable, Sable Scoop and Horse Radio Network, the best podcast and podcasters out there. Happy birthday from Dr. Allen in Manhattan in New York City. As a kid, I love radio. And as an adult, I love podcasting, and I've said this before, there's such power in education and knowledge. Use podcasting to educate and do so in a fun, entertaining way. That's the Horse Radio Network. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. It was a very good year. Well, thank you to all of our listeners and fellow hosts who sent all those messages in. We really appreciate it. Dr. Ellen at the end there, uh, who listens in Manhattan and makes her patients listen to our shows in the waiting room, makes them suffer through us. Uh, I think she's a cancer doctor, Helena, so I think she figures if she puts our shows on, they won't feel so bad about getting chemo. Uh, Yeah, they'll forget about their troubles (laughs) if only for 35 minutes. That's right. They'll go, wow, this this treatment's not as bad as those shows were. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. We have some rapid fire questions to do to wrap up our show today. Okay. And it's funny because you've been asking the auditors these all year. And I have a feeling that you haven't thought about answers for yourselves yet. That's have true. You? That's true. <laughs> all right. Well, here, here they come. Glenn, what is your favorite food? That's easy for me. Cake and ice cream. Cake with ice cream on top. And I can't have it hardly anymore because of my stupid diet. But I do love cake and ice cream. And I was thinking why I liked cake so much. My mom made the best chocolate cake in the world. And she taught all of us four boys to make that chocolate cake. And we still make that chocolate cake. So I think it just brings back memories, too. All right, Helena, chocolate cake aside, what is your favorite food? Artichokes. Stuffed artichokes. What? Oh, that sounds good, too. Yeah, like the grossest favorite food I've ever heard. What? what? No, they're really good when you get them when you get them done well. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, they are. They they were my favorite growing up as a kid in a big Italian family. My grandmother would steam them and then she would stuff them with breadcrumbs and garlic and then drizzle with olive oil Ugh. and then you sprinkle parmesan cheese. So cheese. Italian. Oh, I oh, absolutely that so good. Yep. And you have one of the best ice cream places one mile from your house. <laughs> I know. I, I still do. Oh, can I tell you my new favorite ice cream flavor? Yeah. It's, it's, I've always been a vanilla caramel nuts kind of girl, but my new favorite is black raspberry chocolate chip with rainbow sprinkles and a sugar cone. Well, there's a lot ah. going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. When I, when I was a little kid, there was an, like an Amish-owned ice cream place down the road in the middle of nowhere, and I always got black raspberry chocolate chunk i am gonna i'm gonna fist bump you for that one that's okay, good. Cool. Cool. a good one uh what is your least favorite food helena um peas oh that's and right you don't like peas. peas i forgot about that i hate peas i will throw them at you if you serve them to me I hate peas. i think I've we tried. made peas the one time she came over too and that's when i learned she didn't like peas but you know what i love pea soup I really do. I like I like pea soup. Oh, isn't that weird? But I can't I can't eat peas. Is it the texture? No, I I don't like the sweet flavor of them. I don't. Uh, there's something about yeah the, the soup. Right, like you even you asked me that, and I'm thinking I'm like digging into my real memory <laughs> of like eating a pea. And I got Somebody torture you with peas? Were they throwing them at you in high school? What was the story? Are you, ma- are you making the scrunchy face right now? Total <laughs> scrunchy face. Total scrunchy face. And I'm gesturing with my hands, too. <laughs> All right, Glenn. Oh, this is easy. You? Helena could probably answer this. She knows what it is. Uh, anything that comes out of the water. Any yeah. fish, seafood, anything with gills. Uh, yeah, I don't do anything that comes out of the um, water. Yeah, see, Helena's got my favorite food. You've, I'm with you on the least favorite food. I just yep. can't. I, I, yeah. Ugh. The texture, the smell, the taste, just everything. I can't do it. <laughs> and then my family was big lobster eaters. We used to have lobster bakes all the time. And, you know, oysters and all that. We, we had the big 55-gallon cauldron they used to cook them in. Ugh. I, I, and my dad would always make me a steak. So, because I was the only one not eating lobster. Uh, you're, you're lucky, man. I lived in Maine for a while, and we'd go out to eat lobster, and they'd buy me my own lobster, and they'd make me eat oh, the lobster. I couldn't do it. I'd throw up all of it. <laughs> 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 all right, next. <laughs> all right, next one. What is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? 
Okay. So when we ask this question of our guests, I, I never know if it's, is it equestrian pet peeve or equine pet peeve? So are we really looking for the peeve about the horse? Or the peeve you pick. About it's the your show. Horse? Okay. <laughs> so my biggest equestrian pet peeve is drives me nuts because it's painful is when I'm picking my horse's back feet and he's swatting at flies, he always nails me in the face with his tail. He <laughs> He whips me, and I'm like, ow. And sometimes he gets me in the eyeball. And then I'm like, ow. Uh, and then he's like, what? I'm like, ow. And then it's this big mess, and it hurts. And they know. They know. They look at you and go, huh, gotcha. Yeah. At so least mine does. It, it, and it happens on a regular basis, and, you know, but that's definitely a peeve because it, it has. He's gotten me in the eye more than once. <laughs> You know, it's uh, funny because I answered with uh, my equine pet peeve, too. We've worked together a long time. Everybody else has answered their, their equestrian pet peeve. Um, I think, and I, I, Jennifer actually told me what I had to answer because apparently I bitch about it every time, is when, a hor- <laughs> when I clean the stall or a horse trailer and the first thing they do when they go in is pee. Oh, oh, I God, hate yeah. that. Uh, oh, I hate that. I it's hate like, could that. you pee outside? You've been out for 12 hours. I bring you in. I just cleaned it, made it all pretty. And the first thing you do within 10 seconds is pee. Oh. Everybody loves a fresh bowl. Oh. <laughs> it's, <just> like... <laughs> it's true. <laughs> all right. Can we, can we sound bite that yeah. one? We... <laughs> <laughs> we write that down. <laughs> um. What is your favorite celebratory word or phrase? Glenn, you go first. Woohoo. I say woohoo yeah. a lot. Yeah. And you I think I say woohoo, woo-hoo more now that we are actually typing most of our celebratory things on Facebook. <laughs> so it might be hashtag woohoo. I don't know. But uh, that's probably my favorite. Uh, so I have, um, since I have a kid, one of the movies that I've watched 672 times is Finding Nemo. One of my favorite characters from Finding Nemo is Crush, the, the sea turtle. And Crush likes to say, righteous, because he's a total surfer dude, sea turtle. <laughs> so he's like, that's righteous. So that's my celebratory phrase, righteous. It's righteous. Nice. But you got to say it like crush. <laughs> right. You, you, you've got to be a surfer, surfer turtle dude. Dude. Yep. Dude. Well, so, uh, Helena, and we can bleep this. People will get it. Um, we'll, we'll do, we'll do uh, inside the actor studio. Uh, what's your favorite curse word? <laughs> oh. I think I know what it is. Oh, I like them all. Yeah, um, that's what I was. I thought you'd say. I would have to say, <laughs> and more. yes, because you know why? You know why? It's so versatile. It's the it's the curse word that goes along with pain. It's the only curse word that really alleviates pain. And since I'm a horse person, the two go together. It seems to have magical healing properties. I have to back you on that. Like just the expression of that word reduces pain both physical and emotional like it takes it in one big swoop and lets it go it's I just, magic 
I just thought about this episode going live and it going. What's your favorite curse word? Beep, 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 Let's just, for everybody who's wondering what all those beeps were, it was the F word over and over and over and over again. That's what it was. Yeah. All right, next. Good time, Glenn. Oh, oh, no, no. You, you know, mine's not even too. so much a curse word. I say damn it a lot. Oh, uh, God, you goody yeah. two I do, I do. That's what I say the most <laughs> is damn it. And 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 holy <laughs> Uh I've been known to say that a few times, too. <laughs> awesome. All right. What? Uh, I'll start with Helena again. What is the most terrifying thing you've ever done? And would you do it again? And if you're not so keen on doing it again, how much money? would it take to get you to do it again? Ooh, um, the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And would I do it again? Terrifying, terrifying. Um, I would say that the most terrifying thing I've ever done would be to, um, gosh, and would I do it again? I wouldn't do it again. I don't think not maybe for a shit ton of money. Get married. Um, <laughs> I would bleep ton of money. Let me, yeah. Most of it is let myself fall in love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a hard. Right. Yeah, yeah. After, after having your heart broken and then letting yourself fall in love, it, it is terrifying. Would I do it again? Let's hope you don't have to. Let's hope I don't have to. It would, and if I did, it would take a lot of money. Let me just put it this way. I hope she doesn't have to because my life will be easier. Spoken <laughs> <laughs> ah, is a true friend. True friend. All right. All right, Glenn, what about you? Sorry. Um, I had to, Helena. That's a, hey, I get it. <laughs> Uh, I understand completely. Most terrifying thing, you know, when I was in high school, uh, for a couple of years in a row, I was part of a group that went seriously spelunking, serious caving in West Virginia. And we would go into caves that were, we'd be in there for six, eight hours. I mean, these were deep caves. We'd be down a mile. But one of those caves was called Bone Cave. I'll never forget this. And we broke up into groups of five, and each one of those groups had a experienced caver, and the rest of us were high school kids, right? So we're in these, there were five groups of five, and you were supposed to keep in touch with the group in front of you so you didn't get lost, because these caves had branches that went every direction. And when you're in a cave just going down a tunnel, you don't know where you're at. So, and it, we truly did drop M&Ms along the way to mark our path to get back and hope that a pack oh rat God. wouldn't come eat the M&Ms. Um, <clears throat> so we're, we, our leader was a little slower than the group in front of us. And we got hung up at what was called the pinch, which was this hole in the middle of the wall, about four feet up, that was literally 18 inches wide. And you'd have to shimmy through this. And one oh, guy no. in our oh, group, no. one guy in our group had to take his clothes off down to his underwear. We had to push him through. So we got hung up there and we lost the group in front of us. Now we're hours into this cave and had making many turns and we're lost. We don't know how to get back. We don't know where they went ahead of us. We're in there by ourselves, five of us not knowing what to do next. And they didn't realize for an hour that they had lost us. So 
we thought, well, what what should we do? Should we stay where we are? Should we try and find our way back? Um, And we were the last group, so there was nobody behind us. And, And fortunately, one of the members of that group had almost a photographic memory and could remember how to get back out. And we took a chance and we took, it was a serious chance and we went and we actually made it out. Uh, and that one person was me. Um, oh, wow. Be- because I, back in those days, we pre Lyme, I had almost a photographic memory so I could remember it and thank God I didn't screw it up. But, uh, then we got promptly when the rest of the groups came out and the big boss came out, who was a serious spelunker, uh, yelled at us for about an hour for not just staying put, uh, and for ah. attempting to come out ourselves we should have apparently just stayed put and they would have come back and found us. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, by the way, I wouldn't do it quite that way again. I'd love to go caving again, but not quite that way. I don't want to get lost again. Yeah. Oh, God. I just got like... That sounds really scary. Yeah. We were scared. I mean, that was probably the most scared I've ever been in my life because you realize what can happen. I mean, very simply, they could have been looking for days and not found us. And we literally had, uh, we had, we had our helmet lights, which would have lasted probably a 12 hours and Eminem we had we had trail mix with us and that was it that's all we had with us and water that was the only thing we had that sounds kind of yummy (laughs) (laughs) when when you've been hiking in dust for six hours yeah it does I'll never forget one other story and if you don't like if you're claustrophobic then don't listen to this Um, so one other story there's one spot I mean I don't know how they ever got away with taking high school kids on these trips there's one spot in the one cave it's called wet cave and it was a wet cave so we come out of this hole crawling out of this hole and the the guide says when you get out of this hole you stand straight against the wall you put your get back against the wall you do not look down and you shimmy 10 feet to your right and you make a right and do not do anything different than that well he had us scared to death so we're all like shimmying with our backs plastered against the wall not looking down I had my eyes closed I think (laughs) Uh, not look and it's dark as hell in there but you know I didn't even have to have my eyes closed and we make the corner and everybody gets through it and the ledge is about four inches five inches wide and it's wet everybody Uh. makes it through there and he said he picks up a little pebble he actually brought one along he picked up a little pebble and he threw it down it took at least 20 seconds to hear it hit the water at the bottom. And he said, that's why I didn't want you looking down. It's like, holy shit. Wow. (laughs) Okay. That's insane. I don't think they bring kids on that trip anymore. (laughs) Probably lost a few. All right, we can go on now. Now that we're all (laughs) You asked. I know, now I'm like, there's a lump in my throat. I know. I, I, I feel like I need to pet the dog now just, just to... to... Oof, that was scary. Okay. Um, if you could have one superhero power, what would it be? You know, we've heard a lot of answers to this, haven't we, Helene? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I really... I Superhero powers. I don't... I guess... I would like to be able to heal people and animals. I'd like to be able to heal. Well, that's a first. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, point my finger as a magic wand and like, zoop, be gone, whatever bloody guts thing is spilling out of you or <laughs> disease you have. 
God, mine sounds so superficial now. <laughs> just like, I want to be a transporter. I want to be able to beam myself any place I want to go so I don't have to drive anymore. That'd be perfect. That's pretty cool. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I could That's just beam cool. everywhere. I could visit every all the friends. Uh, just like, I'll be over in uh, five seconds. <laughs> That'd be good. I could do that. Oh, that'd there's, be, that'd there's be awesome. so thoughtful and intellectual, and mine's so shallow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, one more question. We have time for one more. All right. Well, that's good because it's our last one. And it's if your horse could speak but only answer one question, what would you ask it? Oh, Glenn, you got to start with this one. I have an answer to this, and I said it to Jennifer the other day, and I didn't know we were going to be answering this today, but um, I said to Jennifer, if I could ask Scooter one thing, it would be, what the hell do you think about all day? Because I just <laughs> wonder sometimes what he thinks about all day and why he does the stuff he does. So I just would ask him, what do you think about all day? Because I, I really don't know if I want to know the answer, but, you know, that's what I'd ask. Hmm. Ways to torment poor Nigel, probably. Yeah, and me. <laughs> <laughs> he's scheming. See, Scooter doesn't think he schemes. Yes. It's like, That's... how can I scare the crap out of Glenn today? Maybe I'll just take him into the other lane of traffic while we're driving. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I want to ask Brody? I'd probably want to ask him what he thinks of people in general. What his, what's his opinion about the whole human race? What does he think about us? In, in horse terms, not in people terms. Not like, hey, Brody, put people in people context, but put people in horse context. You know, we, we pr we're probably yeah. all going to be really disappointed one day when we get to ask our horse something and he actually yeah. answers. Because the answer is going to be, when are you feeding me next? And that's as deep as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if if he could say like, if he, he could be like, you guys are cool because you feed me or you guys are cool because you protect me from lions and bears or you guys kind of suck because you make me huff and puff a lot and you give me a backache. I think, I think, I, but then again, I don't know if horses can actually form a generic opinion about something as broad as humans in general. As all of humanity. Yeah, right. I think they're very much... They're like, they, guys, they, when are you be feeding me next? <laughs> they function in the here and now, really. Well, Rachel, thank <laughs> I you. Could, Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, I could see it now. What do you think about humanity? I think humanity needs to be bringing me a plate of hay right now. now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> alfalfa, please, not that crappy coastal stuff. <laughs> but see, then, his answer, his, then his answer would tell me what I need to worry about and not worry about. Like, all right, Lynn, just exactly. focus on the damn hay. Yeah, that's right. All he cares right. about the is grain and hay. Not so important. <laughs> right. Food. Important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Rachel, thank you so much for doing this today and representing the entire listener community out there. We really appreciate it. You want to become an auditor? We talk a lot about that. Rachel's one. Just head over to StableScoop, uh, StableScoop.com and click on the auditor banner in the middle of the page for as little as a dollar a month. You can join the cool club and the cool kids in the super secret auditor page. And they get to try out all the products too. They get a lot of benefits of being an auditor. So check that out today. Thank you so much, Rachel. Oh, that was a blast. Thank you for asking me. That it was, was a good a time. Pleasure. It was a really good time. 
It was a really good time. You <laughs> asked great questions. Or our auditors submitted great questions. Thank you so much for facilitating. And you know what uh, I'm going to do to play this special episode out? Happy birthday, by the way, again, everybody. And happy birthday to all our listeners. Uh, and happy birthday to our legacy listener, Rhonda. So Rhonda has a few <laughs> words to say. And then... Um, we're going to play the show out with a little Templeton Thompson, our first musical guest ever on the Horse Radio Network, with our first song we've ever played, Girls and Horses. And before we wrap up the show today, Helena and Rachel, we have to talk to Rhonda, our legacy listener who has been there with us from episode one of the Stable Scoop show. Rhonda, I have to tell you something. I just calculated it out. We've done 4,900 episodes. We've, we average 47 minutes an episode. You have wasted 3,838 hours of your life over the last eight years with us. Wow, Glenn, I hope I'm good at multitasking. <laughs> Otherwise, I really did waste a lot of time. <laughs> Aren't you proud well, of happy, yourself? <laughs> I am. Happy anniversary, guys. It's been great listening for all those many thousands of hours and days and getting on to years, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, it does seem like Horse Radio Network has always been there now that I've been listening for so long, uh, right since the 2010 radio show. Um, you, um, you probably know Helena and I and all the other hosts better than anybody. Yes. <laughs> I think I do. And, <laughs> well, and uh, you know, it's been fun, too, because of Rhonda and Jennifer and I and your husband. We've all gotten together several times at Disney World. They're big Disney fans. And, you know, getting to know the listeners has been one of the most fun parts of this job. And we have listeners stopping in. You came up and met Scooter and Beaker. And, you know, when listeners stop in and join us on the morning show, that's always a trip. And we certainly have enjoyed meeting all of you. And we're going to get to meet some more of you. Hopefully next year we get the listener meetup uh, together and March down here in Ocala for Live Oak and uh, all kinds of activities. And then in September, next month, actually, we're going to be doing a listener meetup at the Colorado Horse Park on September 17th for Cross Country Day for all our friends out in Colorado. So we're hoping to meet a few of you on the West Coast then. But uh, thank you, Rhonda, for being our biggest supporter and for being there uh, for all eight years. Well, thank you, and thanks for making me part of the family. One question I have for you, and we were asked this earlier, but, and we were asked by Rachel, did we have a favorite favorite interview? Do you have... That was tough for us to answer because we've done 6,000 of them. Well, you listened to 6,000 of them. Do you have a favorite <laughs> interview of all the ones? Oh, I don't know if I do. I really liked... What was the one the other day that I... Um, that I messaged you about that was really good. Oh, Loren uh, Barwick. Ah, yes, we had an she interview. She was really good. Yes. And a fellow Canadian. With a para rider on, sta on the uh, Horses in the Morning show. Yep, it was heading yes. to the Olymp Paralympics. Uh, yeah, so that's a, a really good recent one, but there's been many, many, many over the years. <laughs> Yeah, we've had it. We've had so many cool ones. I, it was hard for us to answer. It's like there are children, you know, and uh, it's tough to pick one. Well, mm -hmm. thank you so much, Rhonda, and uh, here's to eight more. Well, she talks about them, dreams about them, thinks about them all the time. 
got to have them Be lost without them You can see it in her eyes What is it? What is it with girls and horses? She says Now when I was a young girl They were my whole world They were my one safe Without. There's magic in those gentle 